outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Man, it doesn't show signs of stopping. And I brought me some. Well, it's a Tuesday night, December 9th, year 2014. I'm not Bill Bragg. <laughs> and you've got to trust me. I am not Mike Hanley. That's right. That's right. The the kids are loose in the playground tonight, and we're live at seven one four five four five two zero seven one. I understand Mike Hanley gets to go play in the courthouse tomorrow morning, bright and early. So and Bill is still upstairs. I was talking to Kim. I guess. Bill going to try to go back to work on Thursday, and Kim's going to be there with him all stepping away. So that's going to be a big day up there in the Bragg household. So let's face it, everybody. There's a really good chance everything's going to be based upon the coast this week. I'm just giving everybody the heads up. Uh, tonight, Patricia and I will hold down the fort for until midnight. Tomorrow... I have a Lion Club dinner party, Christmas party, and so John and Lori are going to hold down the fort, and Thursday, Patricia and I will be back together like it always should be, you know, we'll never be separated with the family here, and so John and Lori have a big, big show, so Patricia and I will be holding down the fort. So, first of all, before we get to the caller, Patricia, how you doing? Hello, Walden. I'm fine. How are you? Oh, fine. It's been a big day here. First of all, for people who may or may not know, you know, Tuesday and Thursday are really big days for Patricia. <laughs> Those are my go-to-school days. That's right. <laughs> and so I, I think it's just amazing that she was, went to school today and she stayed up just to be with us. So Yes. And for, you know, most people who listen, oh, maybe some people only who listen during the week don't know that school is my rehab and get on the treadmill and get on the new step type day. And I did very well today, which means I'm pooped. So that's kind of poop out. Who's so, on the phone? So that, mean, that means you'll be going to bed at 8 in the morning, right? Okay. Hello there, caller. Yeah, it yep. was six this morning, so maybe I'll make it by four. You're on, you're on with the poop cat and Walden shoes. How you doing? Nobody's there? And tonight she has a really big shoe. That is true. How big was it? Very big. Big shoe. Big shoe. Big shoes. Hey, Ron. Hey. How is everything in the great state of IL? It's not bad. What is it? When did they start changing these? Alphabetical system. I remember when everything used to be three letters. Now we're down to two. I'm down to two. I don't we get that. Down to two for a long time. But I remember when it used to be three. I know, and it was when they started really ramping up the automated system. The automated systems can read two letters very nicely. Let's see, two letter. That's state. probably what happened. Office. I, st- still, I still. Already, get- already, I'm doing homework. I know. I st- 
still, I'm still get a kick out, and I think all three of us think it's because uh, none of us, just, in, just for everybody's information, none of us grew up during the heyday of radio. But it's always fun to hear them give out the PO box or the address to send in your ten cents and a and a box top to Chicago, Chicago, Illinois. I mean, that all you had to do just send you. Back up to twenty two Chicago, Illinois. And, and there was one that we hear, um Central Station? Yeah. In New York. Central Station, New York. Ten 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 Central Station what whatever. I mean nothing. I know. It, and they didn't even it was just remarkable. They'd say New York and everybody was supposed to know they meant New York City. It was October nineteen sixty three this system went into effect. Oh my. All right. We, that's when the whole alphabetical system went in? Well, it's July 1963. They implemented the five-digit zip code. Okay. And then October 63, the two-letter state identification code. And um, stuff started zinging through the automated system. Well, I remember when it used to be three. Or was that only for... How we memorize ma- uh, the map? No, 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 no. You're you're right. Um, it was it wasn't how you memorize the map, but the abbreviations were three letters, four letters. Some of them, right? You know, were different. Like Kansas had K A N S. Right. That was a four letter. I, I Cal- California C A L. Yeah, Florida was F L A. Georgia what? was G A, which what? it still is. New York always was in one. Maine didn't have any. Was El- was, was, was Illinois? Any. Maine was Maine and Maine forever. Was Illinois I L L or just I L? I L L. It was I L L, right? Okay. It was ill. Mm-hmm. Ill, and it still is. <laughs> and it is still ill. <laughs> I was Where? in the supermarket today, and the car parked next to me was from Illinois, so they're. Pouring down this way, your roads should be pretty passable. Everybody's down here. We've had uh, hardly any snow here. So why is everybody leaving the state? Because we're special. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> it is. Yes. Well, you know, it's not exactly the the toasty warm tropics here right now. And honest to goodness. I really am on the cusp. I'm on the subtropic tropic cusp in Florida. The southern part of Florida is in the tropics. It's considered the tropical zone. And as of this moment, it's 56 degrees, and I think that does not qualify as tropical. Hmm. That sounds cold to me, Patricia. I I think you and I are the only ones who are going to feel sorry for each other, though. (laughs) Ron, what's the temperature? It's, uh, I have to check, but it's probably around 30, I would guess, which isn't bad for up here. Well, it's well, not bad for up here. Some of, some of us might think it's awful. Yeah, that's right, because you're not up here. That is correct. That's right. And I'm not likely to be in this month either. You might not. Right. Now, I have something for you. Uh-uh. Ah. This may qualify as an awful show. 
and I have to listen to it to make sure. I just found some today, so I have to go back. I have to go listen to one to find out for sure. And what is what is the name of the show? Maisie. The name is the name is uh, the Smiths of Hollywood. The Smiths of Hollywood. That this uh, Walden. I'm I'm so sorry. Ron sounds so muddy in my headset. Could you uh, do some interpretation for me? I'm gonna I'm gonna tweak him. No, it 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 really is. I his volume is okay. It's yeah. just that everything is muddy. Yeah, right. He's on a. It's this earpiece. There you go. He's on a Bluetooth now. He's gonna start, speak right into the phone. Ah, oh, there you go. Okay, so now, what qualifies take, as an awful show? Let me take this thing out of my ear because I think that's the problem. <laughs> hang, hang. <laughs> He's got the world in his ear. <laughs> All right. Is it any better? Yes, it's sharper. But I wondered about that. All right. Uh, Patricia, it's the Smith of Hollywood. The Smith of Hollywood, Patricia. The Smiths of Hollywood are so-so. I mean, they, they, I find them acceptable. A lot of people think they're terrible. I think that I have got to listen to it, but I'm getting the impression that I'm going to think they're terrible. The Smiths of Hollywood, is that the one that had Arthur Treacher? Yes. Okay. And Terry yeah, Moore. Yeah, uh, it's ter- pretty bad. And Terry, Moore, and Terry Moore was under her name at that time as Jan Ford. Okay. Yeah. Well, God bless Terry. It, it was pretty awful. But I'll appreciate your opinion, and I still take nominations. Well, I, I, I appreciate that you do, and that may be my nomination, but I have, to, I have to listen to it first because I'm really not entirely sure, but I think that's the yeah. way I'll find it. it. It was nonsensical. I'm not sure the acting was terrible. I loved Arthur Treacher, uh, but... The, the, it was just a nonsense sitcom. Ah. Uh, what, yeah. what, 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 now, adorable one. What, ca- what, classi- what classify, better get that out, as nonsensical. What other OTR show will fall under that category? Archie. No! Yeah, just nonsense. There was not really any solid story. It was just silliness around, um, I don't even, around what? Around Archie. I wasn't even around Archie. I mean, they they put the television in the middle. Uh, I think that's the one that was bizarre. I played on the awful show. It should have. See, Ar- Archie and his family and the Andrews family got a television, and it was the television that was the focal point of the entire show, and it was just nonsense that went on around it. The doorbell rang, they turned off the, the television to go answer the door, and then they came in and had to turn the television back on and let it warm up, and then, you know, uh, it was that kind of silliness. Okay, you, you remember what yep. Jug said middle name was? <laughs> you you gave that out as a trivia question years ago. I'm going to throw that Wait back. a minute. Wait a minute. you got to do a timeout here. Was his last name Jones? Yes. Okay, all right. Well, that's it. That's all I can do. <laughs> <laughs> this is Walden in California. Patricia in Florida. We're normally on Saturday nights live. We are live tonight. And we're talking about the Friday night show that 
I do that is not live, that's pre-recorded, called Patricia's Awful Shows. I mean, they are just terrible, awful shows. And I get to play one every week, and that's what we're talking about, whether or not the Smiths of Hollywood qualify as awful. And you know, I think they do. I think they do, but I, I think I'll think they do. Let's put it that way. From yeah, you guys they're not rock solid in the center, but yeah. they're nothing to brag about. Uh-huh. Well, I just got, I just found them today, so I've got, I've got an experience to have. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I'll expect your evaluation either Thursday when we come back. Ooh. You could, and, or Saturday. Yes, you could get it Thursday. We'll see. There's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty. Okay. It's a pretty good I think chance. All you need is two. Two days to figure that out. No, two two shows, and he'll be able to make up his mind after one, probably. But it's always kind to give him a second shot. Now, you do uh, that with all every awful show. With every awful show, you give him two shows and twice listen to both. If there's more than. One show, if it's not a single, just a standalone. Yes, if there's more than one show, I'll listen to more than one. And then pick the worst of the show. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. Um, I think everybody needs Okay, so what, what would happen? Because everybody can have a bad day. What's happened about, let's put this in theoretical form. What happened, you came across a series. Yes. You came across The Clinker. Mm-hmm. And then the next episode was a superb show. How would you classify that? In other words, well, would you have to go I'd, to a third show and vote on the third, or what would you do? If I had that kind of a mix, yes, I would listen to a third and probably a fourth to make sure that the really good one wasn't the exception. <laughs> <laughs> and I would still choose the awful show, but and I've done this before, that the a program was good, generally good and fun to listen to, but everybody has a bad day and this is it. I mean, I could even find a Jack Benny or a Gildersleeve that was a bomb. Oh, I... Okay, 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 okay. So let me, let me ask a very sensitive question then. Um, okay. Can you find, what? can you find a bomb in favor of McGee and Molly? Probably. Yeah, I think every program, no matter how good it was, had at least one awful show in the run. So what's the worst show for McGee and Molly? So far? So far. I think the Christmas one with Doc Gamble's tie. Or not the tie. <laughs> the, whatever the he gift? was trying. He gave Fibber a yeah. gift that Fibber had give, given to him. Yeah. And Fibber gave it to him because he didn't know what it was. And Doc Gamble didn't know what it was. You know, was that back and forth? Yeah. That kind of silliness. I didn't think that was a good show at all. I wouldn't put it in the awful show category. But it certainly was not a, one of their... Sterling it's, numbers. It's not going to be in the Patricia Hall of Fame of Food McGee and Molly. You think? It's not. <laughs> oh, it's a, no, it's not. In, and it, it would, if it went to the Hall of Fame, it would not be for the good reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Hall of Infamous? Mm-hmm. I would say so. Yes. All right, I have a question for both of you. And then because we're only here for another hour well, and... Well, not day long, yes, correct. 12 minutes or whatever it is. Okay. Question for both of you. Who began 
the tradition of selecting a theme for the official White House Christmas tree? Oh. And obviously it was somebody associated with the White House. I think it might be. Okay, now let me, can you help define this? I mean, like, the three wise men kind of thing? Or what, what, kind, what do you mean by theme? No, each year there's a theme for the Christmas tree, and the decorations they put on reflect that theme. Oh, okay. I see. Um, there was one, one year, and it might have even been the Obamas who had this one, where every state in the Union sent in ornaments, mm-hmm. and they chose an ornament from every state. So it. it was that theme for that year. Got it. Um, there, there might have been, you know, blue. I don't know, blue for the next I did Whatever it was, they... Each tree now has a theme. Got and it. I, I think I woke up to see what this year's theme is. And this is for the big public White House Christmas tree. They've okay. got something like 14 around the joint. <clears throat> so, wouldn't, who started it? Wouldn't have been Rose at all. Are you playing uh, Oscar Levant on me here? I think I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar Levant would say, it's not Roosevelt. And yeah, yeah, and that—that's a correct answer. It's not Roosevelt, but you're not going to get credit for it. All right, I didn't want credit. I just wanted to make sure that <laughs> it is not blue. Well, considering he was in the White House for about a dozen Christmases, that was, that knocked it out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go early. How about Silent Cow? No. Let's see. We got oh, this year. How mean? about Eisenhower? No. Too late. Had to be earlier than that. Well, we haven't really didn't have a White House Christmas tree until 23. That is correct. So it has to be from 23 on. Uh, Kennedy? It was Jacqueline Kennedy. Wow. Oh, very good. Very good. Jacqueline Kennedy was the first. And I don't know what the first. You know, wouldn't you think I'd think ahead here, and I don't know what the first theme was. This year... Would have You would have done your homework and looked that up, yes. Yeah, I know. Wouldn't, wouldn't you think? Some, well, see, this was kind of a surprise. I only knew that we were going to be here about, you know, 20 minutes before Walton. I, oh. I, I know I know when you found out. Well, I'm on the other line. I was working with him when I well, found I'm out. With Walden when I was oh, oh, all right. Okay. This year's theme is, in quotation marks, a child's winter wonderland that mm. celebrates the pureness of the holidays as seen through the eyes of a child. The magic and joy of a winter wonderland through a child's eyes transform the White House and da 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 and so forth. And I'll see if I can find a real picture of a wonderland tree. Oh, it really does have wonderland. It's got little... Oh, and it's got um, a Jewish star, a star of David, on one of the one of the decorations. You think the one? You think the winter of sparkles, huh? You think the song "Winter Wonderland" is an old song? Yeah. You think it like go back hundreds of years, or what do you think? Oh, I don't. I don't think so. Uh huh. I don't think so. I think um, what's it say? <laughs> Bing Crosby sang that, right? I don't well, have I don't have a copy of him doing it, but I wouldn't be surprised. But Winter Wonderland, nineteen thirty four. 
written by Felix Bernard, music, mm. and Richard Smith, the lyricist. Mm. Richard Smith. Of Richard the, Smith. Of the Smith family. Of the Smith oh, family. Oh, man. Wonderful people. <laughs> they are. You're giggling over there. My maiden name was Smith. I know. I know that. That's why I'm giggling. Yeah, you do, but he's giggling. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he's giggling. Okay, he you both bombed. Well, actually, Walden finally got it, so we have to give Walden credit. He did. He so. can have that one. He can have that one. Hey. So. Now, you're going to ask me that my presidential question on Saturday, right? Mm, no. Was that? <laughs> it was a first lady. It wasn't the president. It was a first lady who chose it. Okay. That's the question. That's right. So I'm just assuming I'm supposed to know that from this point on. From this point on? Yes. You bet. Okay. With your photographic memory, yes, you will. (laughs) You will not forget. Okay, Ron, we're going to scoot. All right. Take care, Ron. Talk to you Thursday and or Saturday, whichever. Good. I will try to do my homework in the meantime, and I will report back. This is good. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. I'd like to announce some of our upcoming schedules. And I found out uh, Christmas Eve Day. Um, uh, church is this year is at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and we're going to have prime rib after church. So that means we'll probably go on the air 1 o'clock Eastern Time to about 6 o'clock Eastern Time during the day. So Patricia, if my sitting bundled up by the uh, beach there in Alabama. She might be on for a little while during the day. If not, definitely after midnight, Christmas Eve, on the 24th. Uh, so that that's the new, latest new schedule. We're going to be on starting Monday the 22nd. We'll be on for two straight weeks. We are scheduled to come on after Bill and Mike, but you know. They don't decide to show. Two weeks? Do you think people can handle that? Oh, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. And if Bill and Mike don't figure out Super Saturday, I'm just going to crash in and do our own <laughs> Super <laughs> Saturday. We're going to do Saturday as well. <laughs> We're going to get crash in and do funny. Super... 714-545-2071. This is not the Texas number tonight. No. 714 714- Five four five two zero seven one, and then what else are we going to do? So if Bill and Mike haven't figured out their Super Saturday by the twentieth, I'm just going to crack in and we're just going to do a Super Saturday. You know, because it's tradition. It's tradition. Tradition. And on the twentieth, anyway, we got Jimmy Nelson. So we have Jimmy Nelson, yeah. yes, and Farfel and Danny O'Day. That's right. And Sunday evening, everybody, just give you the heads up. It'll be somewhat of a short show. Uh, we'll go until about 2.30 in the morning, Eastern, because then Patricia and I got to shuffle off and get ready for an interview off-air. And, you know, who else? We'll be talking to Phil Reed off-air uh, Monday morning, the wee small hours in the morning for Patricia and I. So we'll be doing that off-air. So we'll, we'll cut the Sunday night show just a little short for me to get ready for that. Hello there, you're on the air. Hello, Walden. Hello, Patricia. Jim! Well, hi, Jim from California. How are you? We haven't talked to you for a while. Oh, okay. As, as, as I mentioned to you before, it is very difficult to get you on Saturday nights because I don't have redial. <laughs> yes. 
people have a leg up there. And the phone company took away the option that Bob in Wisconsin, and we talk about every once in a while, where you could dial the number and not the last one. And when you think it's the right time, just hit the last number. But if you wait, it's not very long. If you wait just a little bit without finishing your call, they'll just beep, 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 and (laughs) hang up on you, so you have to start over again. So you don't even have any tricks that you can play. Well, you know, the thing is, you, 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 we know we're not hearing you live. We're hearing you on the radio or the computer, whichever the case may be, a few seconds behind what's happening right. live. Right. So they say Ron's talking to you, and he says, bye. You can be dialing, uh, say, I might have the seven dialed when Ron is saying bye. But yet someone someone else might get in even before you get the one finished. Uh-huh. And as soon as we start winding up, that's the time to hit the button. Yeah. Of course, the thing is, they don't let you, the way the phone is now, they don't let you, I can't dial 54520-hold till someone finishes for 7-1, because if you wait, you're going to get a fast busy. You know, if you... Right, and that, that's what I was saying just a minute ago, that we don't even have that option anymore. It used to be I had at least 30 seconds to hit the last, last number in the old days. Not even. I don't think they give you more than 10 seconds now, Jim. What do you think? Yeah, and, you know, that's the weird thing is uh, there are uh, radio shows. Like when Larry King used to, uh, to do his radio show on Mutual, uh, they wouldn't answer until it was your turn. So you could let it ring an at 30 minutes or 40 minutes if you got through, that is, and then mm-hmm. it would answer you when it was your turn. But now, if you, there's a radio show I call in San Jose where it's an oldie show, and, and sometimes the host doesn't answer immediately, and it rings 20 times or 21 times. And if no one answers, you get an automatic fast busy. You know, they don't let it just ring and ring and ring. Mm-hmm. So. It kicks uh, over. The other thing that's frustrating now, too, is when you dial directory assistance now, you can't get a live person anymore. Is there really a directory assistance still? 411, but it's automated. Yeah. Uh, you can say, I, I, I call, there's a place I called called, I needed to get the number for Ted's Barbershop in the town I'm in or nearby. And they say, you say, Ted, they say number, and they say, Ted's Barbershop, Teddy's Delicatessen? It's automated in such a way that you're practically screaming at the damn thing. You know, it's just. Oh, I did that one time, and I'm so embarrassed to tell you this bank that I use, put in a new automated system, automated in the sense that I can get all of my information and balance my checkbook online. And it was changing some options, and it kept asking me these inane questions. Um, do you want your balance? No. <laughs> do you want, do you want uh, your commercial account? I don't have one. <laughs> and I kept saying no. Every time it asked the question, I kept saying no. No, and finally I screamed, no, no, can't you understand English? <laughs> and, of course, I was talking to a machine. And you talk to the phone company about it, and they tell you, no, we don't have people anymore. I mean, it's just, it's just. Um, I guess they don't want to hire, I don't, they don't want to pay people to do it. And Well, what I do, 
Well, I mean, that, that, I can still call the opera. I can call Jill. Yeah. And I, they, they'll, they'll walk it up. Well, I, How much do they charge for that? Well, I have a plan that the first defeat um, calls a month that requiring help is free. Yeah, well, I know they have different plans. Yeah. But does, does visually impaired have anything to do with the, for, the benefits that you're getting? Yes, yeah. Your, it, it does, It, it right. does, yeah. So they give it the I first... I can't imagine that I'm going to get... No. Ten. Can you help me? Yeah, maybe nine that, but... <laughs> I don't I, think four. <laughs> but for me... <laughs> I don't think I get one. You know, so for me, it's the first defeat and after, per month. Per yeah. month. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of help. <laughs> you know. Well, and Jim, what about you? Do you have any? Uh, it's uh, I get a waiver. Well, after they they deduct it from my bill after the bill's been filed. I mean, they they have a plan where they deduct the call. They they charge you two dollars and something a call now for directory assistance. Isn't that incredible? You used to be able to call the the directory assistance operator and get Bob up in Wisconsin. Yeah, and he can What what is it he can't do now when he calls you? He can't he can't redial. No, well, you know, we we were talking. We would talk with Bob about early because he he worked with the telephone company. In the earlier times, people could dial all of the numbers except the last one and wait for the right time, and then punch the last one. And as you were saying just a couple of minutes ago, we can't do that anymore. The phone just hangs up. Yeah, it'll put you a, a fast busy, or you you just don't have that. Trick when, anymore. when when you make a local call, guys, I have to, I'm I'm now forced to do ten digits. That's what you said. Yeah. I'm so surprised at that. I'm ten digits. Are you a code now, Walden, in your town. Yes, I, I had to I had to dial someone four to call my neighbor across the street. Silly. So that's what I'm up to ten digits to make a local call. No, I I still can do the seven. You you're still seven. Still seven. What mm-hmm. I'm what I'm wondering is when do we bump up to seven? I mean, you guys remember when it was like five? I mean, who who where? Does maybe a listening audience remember what is not seven? It's been it was seven for a long time. Well, the area code, and of course, the other thing that's changed is area codes are getting shorter now. They used to have used to when I when I first came here back in the in the late seventies, early eighties. Everything was 415. You could dial the whole Bay, except for San Jose, maybe. You could dial the whole Bay Area would be 415. Mm-hmm. Now it's been split into 415, 510, 925. Um, well, first of, all, f- first of all, 510 came first. Then they split 510 into 510 and 925. So it's just, you know, that that's changed. Yeah, but that—that's what I was going to tell you about tonight. Uh, before we got into the phone thing, did you get the word from Walden on that book on Patrick Henry? I did, and I checked it out, Jim. It's a little pricey, so I'm going to Amazon to see if anybody's got it up there as a used book. Um, and I did go to the Nook, Barnes and Noble Nook, and they charge full price on it. So um, it, it's like twenty dollars at least, and that's kind of a lot for me. So I, I would, it's a great find, and I really appreciate your flagging it for me. It sounds like a biography with information that nobody has had before. I think we should get invite the author onto the show. 
<laughs> That's what Walden said. I you were a big it. admirer, of, and what I and I saw it in our talking about topics, and I thought of you immediately. He, he was talking about different. We were just talking one night, and he mentioned that you were a big fan of his. I mean, an admirer of his. And of Patrick Henry, we're talking about. Yes. I did not know until I read the Hamilton biography by Ron Turnow, and this was shocking. Patrick Henry was not a great admirer of the final Constitution. He was very critical of it. And that's one of the reviews that I read in one of the um, presentations on one of the book sites, said that he was most dissatisfied with the Constitution, that it was creating almost an empirical government instead of a government by the people. It was a government for the people. And uh, that surprised me, too. So he was not a constitutional guy by any means. We we do have an uh, opportunity to interview a Patrick Henry historian. Uh, so whenever we're ready for that, that's somebody will touch base with. So uh, we and, and maybe this other author, the one that the book that what we recommended, maybe uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Kid. Maybe you can maybe Kidd. get him too. Some perhaps you bet. Yeah, that's what Walden was suggesting uh, because I'm privileged enough when we talk with an author, I get advanced except, you know, sometimes I have to buy them. <laughs> but I will frequently, because we're talking with authors of new books, I will frequently have the liberty of getting a review copy from the publisher, and then I don't have to pay for it, and yeah. I have a wonderful time. But a lot of them I do have Maybe to pay for. This one, I don't know. It came out I forget, It came out in, what, 2008, 2009? I can't remember what year it came 2010? Uh, it was... Fairly recent. I was surprised at how recent it was. Um, well, you can get a review copy. You maybe you can try anyway. Or a PDF. Yeah, or that's something. what Walden said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm working on and the. I will angles. do a review. I'm. I'm. I read everything. I read them cover to cover. I know. You're the book kid of the family. There's no doubt. I'm the book kid. Yeah. 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 Read anything good lately that stands out in your mind? Well, I'm reading one that doesn't stand out. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. I am reading a collection of books that I pulled down from the Barnes & Noble Nook. It was free. And the title of this collection was 50 Books You Must Read Before You Die. Yeah. And I thought, you know, somebody really did some thoughtful collection here. So I pulled it down, and some of them I, you know, like, Call of the Wild, um, I, I just couldn't do that. But I've done probably five or six of them so far, and Kidnapped was included in there, and I, I really loved it. And there was one by Chesterton. What the heck did I finish on that one? Oh, uh, Two Men Lost on the Moon or Two Lost Men on the Moon. It was really very well done. He was the author of the Father Brown series. So that's good. I can tell you, yeah, I've done some really good stuff. But I started a mystery today, and I am up to page 21, and I'm still waiting for the book to start. <laughs> I know that I'm going to have problems a, with that one. A few years ago, about, at the beginning of the century, I think someone put out a list of the 100 most influential books of the 20th century. I can't remember. Ooh. I can't remember who put this list together, and of course these lists are subjective, of course. Uh-huh. But one of the books on there supposedly was, and I understand, and I know Studio One did a version of it on radio, it was Anthony Adverse. Yep. It's supposed to be like a... a, a 
It was a tremendous movie hit of the 30s, but it was a famous book. And I, I guess the challenge is, it's, 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 I understand it was like 1,100 pages or, or 800 pages. It was a huge novel mm-hmm. for its time. Um, and also another one, um, I don't know if it was really a dirty book or not, but I keep hearing, I keep hearing people talking about Ulysses. Yeah, yeah, and I've never read that. Thank you for the heads up on that. Yes, Ulysses was banned in some libraries, and I don't know why. It was probably banned in my library. Um, I don't know why, but yeah, it, what, it was supposed the, to be in off-color or have terrible things in it, like Lady Chatterley's Lover. Wasn't there a companion book to that? To, to, to uh-huh. Ulysses? I don't remember. Did you read you Ulysses? You remember when... I have not. I remember you have people saying it. You remember when Alan Sherman did his famous song, "Hello Mother," a letter from camp, "Hello Mother, Hello Father." Yeah. You remember Alan Sherman said at one line of the song, "And the head coach wants no sissies, so he leads to us from something called Ulysses." Mm-hmm. And I guess the book was banned in certain. Um, it was banned in Boston. Everything was banned in a Boston. A lot of banned were in Boston. Boston. Do you know uh, in 1957 when the Everly Brothers had their hit "Wake Up Little Susie"? Susie, yeah, that was banned in Boston. That was banned in Boston. Um, and there was a what was the product a few years ago? There was a commercial, and I can't remember what the product was, but it said it was so good it was almost banned in Boston. Or, it was Boston baked beans. Is that what it was? No, <laughs> just making it up. I have no idea. That, but that, but, but the, the punchline was it was almost banned in Boston. Mm-hmm. I looked up banned in Boston one night, and, and my brain is telling me that it was a vaudevillian phrase. Does that sound familiar? Huh? Would not be surprised. But if it were if it were banned, no, no, not vaudevillian. If something were banned in Boston, yeah, maybe it was the Catholic community with movies. Let me see. If it was banned in Boston, nobody played it. Well, you know, I don't. You know, what something that was banned in well, not in, I don't know if it was about Boston, but it was banned in parts of Massachusetts. Paul Harvey one day, one year, did a rest of the story about it. He said this was banned, and it was. He said this was banned in Boston. People considered it, or not, or Massachusetts. I should say Massachusetts. This was banned in Massachusetts. People considered it decadent, and they, and, they, and they did all kinds of denunciations in 16-something. And it turned out the punchline at the end was Christmas. Mm-hmm. I remember that. <laughs> and indeed, the, the um, Puritans yeah. did not celebrate Christmas. They thought it was a pagan holiday. Um, Roman in- banned, in, banned in Boston, 19th century through the mid-20th century to describe literary work, song, motion picture, or play prohibited from distribution or exhibition in Boston. During this period, Boston officials had wide authority to ban works featuring what, and this is in quotation marks, objectionable content, and often banned works with sexual content or foul language. So if it was banned in Boston, sometimes it got banned everywhere else. Mm-hmm. But I but I and I don't know how long that ban on Wake Up Little Susie uh, lasted. I mean I, I mean it was uh, I guess the radio stations that played top forty music probably banned. It. But you know sometimes radio stations would ban a record. It wouldn't necessarily be banned by government decree or by a city council, but the radio stations would sometimes ban it mm-hmm. because they thought it was offensive or not the right 
I can think of a yeah. few incidences in Chicago where we had a top 40 station that banned a number of songs for various reasons. It wasn't necessarily that it was dirty, but it might be a content or it might be too too controversial or during the during the 60s when there were a lot of protests there were a couple of protest songs that were banned mm. there was what about Elvis Presley when he first hit the scene oh, oh yeah oh, well wait was was Elvis was he how they shot the TV camera Remember, well, yeah because he wiggled a lot the way yeah. he wiggled the deal was he they had to shoot from his uh waist up yeah. Right. They didn't and want that, to show his hip. Ed Sullivan, right. who, who did that. But what about radio stations? I don't was think... Was there anything on radio stations that... I and never... I'm sure there were, because yeah. everybody thought he was the work of the devil in the beginning. But I... I don't... Did. I don't know any story about Elvis. And, you know, he would have been 80 in January. I know. That's what I was saying the other night. Yeah. I'm sitting here looking at... Um, an Elvis commemorative. I think it was Saturday night before you and I got yeah, I think together we were. On, yeah. on the radio. And they've got this big 80, and I'm thinking, well, you know, Club 80. I don't remember anybody mentioning Club 80 that he played in. The 80 represented his birthday. January 8th, he would have been 80 years old. Walden, I'm having a hard time with this. Well, it's, it's, it's still... It's hard to think of that he was only 42 when he passed away. Yeah. And I think that's part of the difficulty because history for him stopped right. when he was 42. And now we're talking 80. We're talking 38 years later. I know. And he's still frozen in time. I know. From the moment he died. I think we all remember yeah. where we were when we heard about Elvis. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, the other thing that ha after he died, he's become bigger in some sense, in some respects, since he died, than he was when he was alive. Well, his estate... He was alive, but I mean, like, his all the Elvis imitators, and they have restaurants that serve Elvis. There was a restaurant in Hayward a number of years ago that, that, that devoted its time to Elvis. Uh, they even served his, those sandwiches that Elvis liked. That, that What was it? Peanut butter and... Peanut butter and bananas. Peanut Fried. Fried? Oh, oh, you still my little heart, <laughs> but literally. His estate. I think the bananas were, or maybe the bread was toasted or fried or whatever, but... but Something was fried in there? Oh, dear me. His, his estate, though, makes more money now than when Elvis was alive. Yeah. Now he doesn't, now, and now the colonel's gone, so the colonel doesn't even get to manage his money. Yeah. Manage his money. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, but Elvis was so, I had a... Uh, my land, my former landlady in Hayward, was a big Elvis fan. She, she would play Elvis all the time, and and she just loved the man. Uh, and and a lot of women did. I mean, and and I'm and I'm and I'm sure that a lot of it had to do with he was invigorating to to these people. I'm sure his movements, his his singing. Walter Winchell one time even took note of it, He's, he, uh, and I have this on a tape of an old Top 40 air check I have in 1957, the jock quoted Walter Winchell as saying that with the recording of Loving You, that should convince everyone that Elvis can really sing. Because, you know, there were people at the time who thought he couldn't sing, and it was just all faddish. But, uh -huh. um, but and he really they, could. But he was, um, he certainly... 
you know, whatever you think of the man's musical ability, he had charisma and he had ability, and few people, few people have uh, have been able to equal that. And it doesn't it doesn't seem like he would be eighty next year. I mean, it. it I know. I I know. I mean, that it really shook me up last week when I realized that's what they were talking about. They were celebrating his 80th birthday. Yeah. Well, right next year, let's see. Uh, well, when you think of these anniversaries, every time one of these anniversaries comes up of something, it, it hits you hard when you realize, not just with this, but with other, other anniversaries as they approach. Like, next year it's going to be, let's see, 50, like I was just thinking, this year, 64, 50 years since Beatlemania hit this country, 50 years since the Goldwater-Johnson election, that to me just seems like yesterday, 50 years since the topless bathing suit, just putting it in perspective, 50 years <laughs> since, uh, well, the uh, the ra- a radio show that Ron and I really liked, ABC's attempt to revive drama in the 60s, Theater 5, that was 50 years ago when ABC produced that. That doesn't seem like 50 years to me. And just and time just seems to be just, um, you know, I guess when you get older, time seems quicker, I suppose. I, I think so, but we've also got more to remember as we get older. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, I, I I I don't think I don't think in terms of well it's only been ten years since two thousand four, I don't think that but I think fifty years since sixty I mean it just uh, older years older years seem to be hard to believe in my mind yeah. than more recent yeah. years they seem like recent history and they're not I know I said this a couple of times on the show I had a panic attack one time in the car. It's the only place I listen to radio on the car or on the computer. I turned it on. It's got an oldie station. I said, oh, this is really cool. He says, okay, the 1980s. The 1980s are considered oldies. Yeah, and, you know, you know like, uh, like, and I guess, I guess all the disco songs are considered classic. To some people, are considered classic oldies now. And radio stations have so refine their definition their definition of oldies now um what was considered a oldie i mean you never hear a lot of stations don't even play songs from the 50s or even the early 60s anymore their definition of oldies is the 70s and 80s yes well and i were talking the other day about something too and it was interesting about we were talking about being and how what a big singer Bing was in his time, but today on radio, all you really hear from Bing is White Christmas. That's not, no, I'm not knocking the song, I'm just saying that's about all you hear from Bing is either White Christmas or a Christmas song. He, yeah, we've been, you're right, I've been hearing a lot of Bing Crosby Christmas songs, and you're right, after that, he disappears. And he made hundreds of records. But on adult standard stations, you don't even hear Bing. No, you don't. And you haven't really heard Bing since the seventies in the adult standard format. Well, maybe swinging on a star, even swinging on a star, you don't hear that much. No, you really don't. What other famous singer was on that on that song? Andy Williams. Very good. One of the Williams brothers. That's right. That was. I did not know that. He he was he was fourteen at the time. He was the backup singer for Bing Crosby on that. Oh my goodness! Yeah. 
By the way, Patricia, another book I would recommend to you, Andy Williams wrote his own autobiography before he died called Moon River and Me. He was really a good singer. He was. And he talks all about his boyhood, his, his working in Des Moines and Cincinnati and Chicago on the barn dance, his work with Kay Thompson, who really helped put him on the map. By the way, that was John and Larry played a great Bing Crosby show a few weeks ago where Kay Thompson and the Williams brothers were guests. Hmm. You, would, you would really enjoy Andy Williams's autobiography. Yeah. yeah, I think I would because I admire his music. I really like his singing, and we're back into Christmas season here. He did some dynamite Christmas music. Well, you know, uh, and what was funny is that song, It's a Most Wonderful Time, they pl- a lot of in September a few years ago, in the like late early late nineties early two thousands, some firm, store and I don't remember what it was, played that song not at Christmas time but for back to school time when the kids were going back to school for parents. It's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I can understand that. I think a lot of parents could too. That's funny. But anyway, okay. I, I just wanted to make those comments. I know you've got other, I don't know if you're going to be playing anything tonight or talking to other people, but I know it's a short show tonight probably, so. 39 minutes to go before we sneak out the door. We're going to be talking to people, and if nobody calls, we'll talk to each other. Well, that's fine, and it's nice to talk to you again. I'm glad we could get through tonight. Uh, I'm glad you could, too, Jim. We miss you when we don't get to talk to you. Well, maybe, you know, sometimes you just have to time it right on the phone. But anyway, it's, it's uh, by the way, Ron and I agree, you, you scored perfect Friday with that awful show from, uh, uh, what was it? It was the, the thing from New York with uh, Slater. Uh, it was a talent, talent, it was it a talent show or so, it was something from New York on. To them. I, I'm, 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 my brain is saying, yes, yes, I remember, but I can't even give you the name of the show. It was so awful, it's out of my brain already. Yeah, but it's, uh, but it was, we, we both agree that you were, again, 100% right on that. Oh, good. I've got a couple coming up that I think I'm going to take some heat about. We'll see. Oh, that, very soon? Very soon? Uh-huh. Yes, very soon. Are there, is these series or... or, or sh- sh- no, one of them is an Orson Welles show. Really? Oh yeah. Really? But Patricia took on the big, the big one himself. I, I tackled him. <laughs> is this is this one of his one of his uh, Mercury things or one of his? Super- no, it was in uh, one of the Orson Welles almanac. Okay. And I just found it such a strange show, uh, a compilation. I mean, it was like a patchwork quilt. He took a little bit of comedy, a little bit of drama, a little bit of, you know, I mean, just a little bit of everything, hoping that it would stick to somebody. He tried to be everything. He tried to be something to everybody, and you can't do that. It's the old Lincoln. You can please some of the people all of the time and all of the people some of the time, but you can't please all of the people all of the time. And he was trying to please all of the people people all of the people all of the time and it just didn't work it was terrible there's another sitcom i want to mention to you and i don't know if you've had a chance to check this out some people it never made anyone's top 10 list but some people said at least they tried but other people said it was awful i've heard this discussed among collectors have you checked out my son jeep yet 
I have not, and I found some for Walden. I lost them in my computer mess here, and I'm confident I'll be able to find them somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I, I, we have uh, transferred the file, so we got them here. So I, I went to a few. I think it was a little cute show. Some, yeah, Walden liked like, it. Mm-hmm. Some didn't. It yeah. One of those shows that, um, but at least, but you know, the, I thought the little boy was cute, mm-hmm. but it was a. Uh, but then again, it affects people different ways. Uh, like Ron, Ron you, you, do you agree if Ron and I, by the way, Patricia, that Meet Millie was a bad sitcom, or did you like Meet Millie? It's fine if you did. I mean, it just. Well, I've only heard one, and I can't remember how long ago. It's on my list to listen to, though. Yeah. Uh, I found some. You, you know, Ron in Hawaii asked me one time quite a while ago if I had any, and I didn't, and I found some. I mean, it really took some hunting and, and digging, and I did find some. So I have some in my files that I can play, but Pat- I haven't heard them yet. Patricia? Yes, Walden? You know, Jim and Ron think one of the legendary comedy shows belongs in the awful file. What do you think? Which <laughs> a legendary comedy show. The one that the you sent. The one that we you have sent. so many to choose from in so little time. Which the, one is it? The one that you sent to Jim for Christmas one year. Oh, Blondie! <laughs> <laughs> Both of them think it belongs in there. Yeah. So, what? What we have? Have you gonna be able to give it a critical review one night to see if it you know, even makes the? And I've listened fun. to several of them, and I really do think they're lame. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm confident there are some particular episodes in that show that must be positively dreadful. So I'll go back and listen again. I will say this. Penny Sing I, I you can't deny Penny Singleton was very talented. I took I don't I mean she she knew how to play her part. I guess the other lady that did it was okay too, but Penny 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 knew her part. It's just the show the show never made me laugh. I mean it Yeah. I, yeah. It, it was another nonsensical one. But yeah, everything was it was built on nonsense, and yeah. there wasn't, well, there by wasn't the way, a good the, theme or a storyline that you could get your brain around. The, the other who played was Anne Rutherford, the movie star. Yeah, and the other one was uh, Arthur Lake's wife. There was a Patricia. Arthur Lake's wife? No joke. Yes, Dadwood and, and his wife were really there. Yes, there was actually someone named Patricia who played Blanche. That was his wife. Oh, it was. And yeah, what, what was her stage name? Patricia, what was her name? I've forgotten. I forgot to. But you don't get a prize. It's in Dunning's book. But it was a. But okay. it was a fine. But you, you know, I'm not. You know, my my word's not infallible on radio. It's so, not. You know, people. There are people, millions more that probably like things that I that I didn't like. But that doesn't mean that they're wrong or I'm right. It's just you know, it's a subjective. It's a subjective thing and. I would never, for example, when I used to trade with people, and they would request shows, and I and I, I never thought to myself, now, why do they like that show, or why do they not like this show? I always figure people have their choices, and I never, you know, if I made a show for somebody, I never <coughs> was critical of what they picked because, you know, we we all have different tastes. Sure. Nothing. Sure. Better. Which is which is why when. We listen to a Friday night, and it's repeated during the week as on the Blue Network, but each Friday night, 
I always say it's up to you. You're the judge. I think it's terrible, but you have to tell me if I'm on target on that. So, And I agree with you, and that's exactly why I say it. Like I said to you before, what makes your show interesting is we hear about shows that we never would have heard of otherwise. I mean, I didn't, you know, many of these shows, many, of course, there may be auditions or there may be only one show exists or their shows that weren't in Dunning's book or other reference books. They were obscurities. And it amazes you when you think of just how many things actually got put out on radio. Exactly. I agree. And, they, they you know, some of them were... were um, noteworthy attempts, but I, but I always find it interesting because I'm learning about shows I had never heard of. I know, and what I have to do, it's incumbent upon me to try to dig up information about the people, the writers, the announcers, the anything, because there is no information about the shows when they're one or two of a kind floating around out there. Nobody, virtually nobody, paid any attention to them. And, of course, when, like Walden said once before, back in the day before MP3s and computers were around and we would order shows from commercial dealers, let's say, and when, ta- when it cost you money to buy tapes or reels or cassettes, you, did, you, you would actually pick the shows you most liked and you'd ignore everything else if it was out. You, know, you, know, you, you wouldn't spend money on something that you didn't know about. Right. Not a, not a try-me thing. Where we're now, we can sample these things. They're easier to get access to now than they ever were before. So we get a chance to hear things, you know, that we, we can learn about. And and, uh, and it's always interesting to hear about stars that, that did things that they you, they certainly wouldn't remember. Or, But it's always, an inter- it's always a learning experience listening to you on Friday nights. Well, thank you. I hope it's good learning stuff. It's good for me because I do get feedback sometimes from people who say, mm, I don't think you did a good job on that one. Well, watch, can I ask you this? Of the shows you've played over the years, or during mm-hmm. the time since you started the Awful Show program, what mm-hmm. show has gotten the most agreement with you and and maybe the most disagreement? I don't know if you've ever kept a record on that. No, and it's only occasional feedback that I get, which is kind of disappointing. I know people listen because occasionally I'll I'll get one that said that says, "Oh yeah, two weeks ago I meant to send you know, right. something like that." Um, but you and Ron are the two people who are my benchmarks. Yeah. You tell me whether or not I made a good pick or not a good pick, and if you say. No, I don't think it belongs in the awful category. You've got such great reasons. It's not just off the top of your head. You've got reasons for it. Well, I mean, is there any show that people wrote you about that they all just uh, you so really you don't really get that much email about it, huh? Really? When you I don't. No, and I think in in some cases it's probably good. <laughs> you know, you ask but, people um, to send things to you, but they generally don't. They generally don't. No. No. I'll, I'll have to come up with um, a list of, uh, you know, maybe the the top five or the top ten of all times that I think are just absolutely awful. Well, we, I mean, one thing we we, we really have awful. Down to Dennis Daly's 
uh, he, we're, 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 you know, he's been doing his top 25 favorite shows today this year. Today, mm-hmm. number two he played was Fibber McGee and Molly. That was his. He's down to the. He has got one more to go. I have a funny. I'm 99% sure. And he goes there's a lot of criteria in what constitutes the good shows. Uh huh. He plays, you know, 25 of them. We missed a few of them because they didn't get downloaded. But I have a feeling since Fibber McGee was two, I think number one's going to be Gunsmoke. But Fibber McGee was two. I agreed. Or a Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger was in there like six or seven or something, I think. Oh, wow. Because he did an entire year on the Lone Ranger. Yeah, I know. Dragnet was three. Uh Uh-huh. I think Johnny Dollar may have been four, although we didn't get to hear it because of a download problem. Uh, Barry Craig was 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 in his group. Uh, 25 was Texas Rangers, I remember. Barry Craig, huh? Barry Craig was in there. 24 was uh, the Cisco Kid, I think. If I remember, I was considering pulling Barry Craig for a bad show. Really? <laughs> I, and I've listened to a bunch of them. I mean, they're not terrible, but they don't have much substance to them. Oh, did you like William Gargan's performance as such? Yeah, I thought William Gargan was a good actor. I'm not quite sure he. I, I don't know about Barry Craig. Yeah. You know, I, uh, it, it was almost well. Never mind. What did you all? We'll talk, was, we'll talk about it later. You like uh, Crime and Peter Chambers with Dane Clark? Yeah, I would put him in the same category as as um, Barry Craig. Okay, because they were both around the same time. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. Both, they both I think, tried to be hard-boiled detectives, and they were soft-boiled. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'll let you go, and I hope you have a wonderful evening. And we'll be—I'll try to reach you before Christmas. Okay. Uh, hey. Enjoy your evening, and thanks again, Walden, for everything. And thank you, Jim. Good luck on finding your—maybe you can get a review copy of that book. Christmas. Oh, great! And thanks for the heads up on it, Jim. I really appreciate it. Sure thing. Bye. Thanks. Bye bye. Twenty-five minutes ago, we're out the door. Yeah. Patrick Henry is my hero. My Hero, and that's the book Jim found. He came across a really good biography of Patrick Henry, and I'm really eager to sink my ears into it if I can get it on, if I can get it on uh, digital. 714-545-2071. I have a question for you. You want to do the question, or you want me to bring up the call? Oh, we've got a caller? Yes, we do. I didn't hear the ding-a-ling. Hello, caller. Identify yourself. I'm trying to figure out what day of the week it is. Well, Saturday, <laughs> Everybody <don't> else <laughs> is, too. <laughs> is this Dan? This would be Dan, yes. This is Dan. Dan, you sound like you have to sleep. Indiana, clear across the place from Louisville, Kentucky. How are you? Doing fine. How are you doing? I'm fine. You sound kind of... Pooped. I'm working with the cold. Oh, dear. So yes. You you get casually pay. You get casually pay for that. Boy, I uh, I would think so. Hazard pay. Yeah. Yes, but uh, no. I just I was confused. I heard you on the air, and I thought, (laughs) (laughs) it's our mission. I'm taking seconds. So no, 
No, I just, uh, I mean, I had, I've had a cold about a week now, and I didn't feel like calling in Saturday, so. Oh. Hold on, it, this sounds like, this isn't Memorex, this is live. <laughs> this, is, this is for real, yeah. But well, Dan, when do you get off school? I mean, you, you're going to get a break soon, aren't you? Oh, yeah, in about, uh, in a few days here. Okay. We'll be done with finals. So. Then you can go to bed for about three weeks. That's right, that's right. Yeah. It's been really fun. We, we had 500 in on Saturday. And uh, that kept us quite busy. But, uh, I would think so. Out of 500 who you said these were all students, correct? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Out of 500, how many would need the help of a reference librarian? Oh, <clears throat> I'd say anywhere from 5 to 10%. You know, it, a lot of it's directional questions and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know. You know, where, where's the printout? You know, where, where's the printer? You know, uh, where is this book? Where is, you know, yeah. where, where is this class meeting? You know, things like that. So. And people like me who walk in and say, where am I? Absolutely. Or what topic yeah. is it, you know, or things like that. So, yes. But, uh, yeah, no, and I it just, sounds like a stupid question, but I really would mean it. Like, am I in the right place for this particular project? Dan, have anybody said ask you a question that was so above anybody's head? You guys would say, "Say what?" It was. Leave that for Patricia. I know. <laughs> it was. Hey, <laughs> how you doing? Um, yes. Yeah, that, uh, that's a good question. Did somebody ever come up with a question that stumped all of you? Oh, yes, there's been questions like that. You know, that's when you kind of refer them to experts in the field, you know. So, astronautical physics or something above? Yeah, you know, above museum or, you know, contact, you know, a, you know, a sanatorium or something like that. You know, contact a, you know, a expert, you know, in the, in the university, mm-hmm. you know, who, who's written the book about that, you know, go, go like that. However, you're the person who can identify these resources for them. Oh, absolutely, yes. And that's a gift. That is an absolute gift. Walden will tell you I am not pretending when I say my favorite people in the whole wide world for years and years and years and years and years and years, and years are reference librarians. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, it's they are gifts to us. That's right. That's right. So, are you on tonight? Tomorrow? When? When are you? Are you on uh, on payroll? When we is- shall be back and haunt the people on Thursday. Uh, tomorrow, John Lurie should be here. What happened? Bill gonna try and go to work Thursday. Kim will have to be with him. Mike wound up. He got court early in the morning. So that's why we got the grand poopa forty five minutes before showtime. We were given a heads up Sunday, so Patricia and I were thinking there's a possibility. Then we were told Mike did a show last night, and I thought, oh, he did a show that that means we're off for the whole entire week. Yes. But uh, tomorrow I have a Christmas party to go to, so yeah. So and Patricia bring goodies for us. Oh, of course. Actually, Mom made. Rum cake for everybody. Oh. So that's With the what, real stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean, just not food flavoring oh, no. or anything. Just the whole kit and caboodle. Oh, the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. Woo. So Good that's, stuff. So that's what we're bringing tomorrow. Everybody's supposed to bring either appetizer, cake, 
and there's several soups. So that's the uh, it, that is the uh, offering for them all. Sounds good but, to me. Dan, what's your weather like? What's the temperature? It's been in the 40s, flirting, you know, between the 40s to the 20s. Highs in the 40s, lows in the 20s. Been fairly, you know, it's been seasonal. So. That's revolting. Yes, isn't it, though? <laughs> it really is. That's terrible. In the 20s, honest to goodness. And you've had weather all over the place for weeks previous. We did. We had some of our coldest weather in 130 years back earlier in November. Uh, wow. We had the cold. We had a. We had. A, we had a high. We had a minimum uh, high temperature of 24 degrees back um, the third week of November. Wow. Yes, that's pretty cold. No, that is not good. No, that is not good. Okay, when I, I have I have a whole million piles of Christmas stuff here. Yep. For Walden and for you. Yes. Walden, I'll ask you first. Lighting the Christmas tree in Rockefeller Center, which is a big celebration every year. Yeah. They bring the tree in by truck. When did that celebration begin? What year, right? You're asking? Uh, correct. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, I was. Uh, I would say 1921. Be my guess. How about you, Dan? I was going to say the same year. About I'll, I'll say 1918. 1933. Mm. Was in the sock in the middle of the depression, wow. and you know, as I go through these little tidbits that I pulled out of my files for this week, I. We'll mark the ones that I should have looked up additional information about, like how come it started in 1933. I think it was when the building was finished, when Rockefeller Center was built. Anybody want to take well, a take a dice roll on that one? Well, now I always associate that with apartment buildings. I mean, I'm assuming there were other features to that area, right? Oh, it's um, office buildings like NBC mm-hmm. is right. in Rockefeller Center. I think I think there used to be a famous skating rink in that area too. Oh, there is. Yeah. It still is. Yeah. Um, my guess is it probably to it probably went to establish um, the broadcast studios, the the broadcast headquarters. Nineteen commercial buildings. Let's see. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it's come, oh gosh, would you look at that tree? The star on the top of the tree this year is nine and a half feet tall. What star is? Yeah. How big and the, the tree? tree itself. Mm-hmm. How big do you think the tree is? Well, Something that would support a nine and a half foot star. 300 feet. This is a tree, Walden, not a redwood. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> you just blow me away sometimes. You're right on target, absolutely dead on the money, and other times you're out there with the Hubble. <laughs> oh, gosh. i got to keep you guessing. Okay, 250 feet, Patricia. Dan, would you help him here, please? <laughs> Should I go for 200? Yeah, might as well. 
150? 125. 99. 88. Okay, we'll, we'll stop there. It's 85 feet. All right, then. Now, that's, that's close to eight stories tall. That is one heck of a tree. Well, that's when me, a nine-foot star threw me off. I think that would still be pretty obvious on a eight-story tree. Yes, it is. And it looks, let's see, history landmark opened. Um, John D. Rockefeller Center officially opened in 1933. So the tradition began uh, when the the year the the center opened. How about that? When did the Rockefeller? Oh, see, we, we learned so much. When did the Rockefeller make all their money? What? I think starting about 1880. It's the standard oil. It's oh, it's big, standard oil, yeah. But I'm trying to think what year. Um, well, Dan probably right. They made, made it before the crash. Yeah, Dan probably right. Around 1880 would not be a bad guess. Mm-hmm. For um, standard for, oil, standard oil. In the Rockefeller, I think it was later than that. Standard oil. Are, are you talking about when it was established or when it really hit? The high. What are we looking for in the 1800s? When they really were big time. Oh, big time! It was established in 1870. Um, largest refiner in the world. You're, well, you know who broke them up, don't you? Who broke them up? Yep. Who broke up Standard Oil? Oh, it was probably Charlie Chaplin and the Little Tramp. Uh, nope. That was a joke, Walden. <laughs> you know, uh, like when you break somebody up. Oh, I, 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 up. I, I say that's the joke, son. You could have given me. That's a joke, son. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Firm of Rockefeller, Andrews, and Flagler. Flagler, interesting. Flagler built the Dan, you train went, system. Dan, you a reference to billion. Who broke up Standard Oil? I believe that was the feds. Okay. Who was the head man? Uh, gosh, what year was that now? I'm trying to remember. Um, I'm drawing a blank offhand. Okay. It was... About 1930... Before. Before? Before. Before? Or like the mid-20s, I guess. Before. Before, Before. that? Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. But, um... My, my understanding, it was Teddy... Oh, Teddy Roosevelt didn't like the idea of any monopoly, so he went ahead and forced them to bust it up. Mm-hmm. Well, they did that with the railroads. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's great. 1906, mm-hmm. the government brought suit against Standard Oil right. under the Sherman Antitrust Act. So who was 1906? That was Teddy Roosevelt. That was Teddy? Teddy, mm-hmm. Teddy busted them up. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, Teddy. He oh, had dear. a wild career. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, oh, well. He just didn't. Okay, he just didn't. <clears throat> okay here, here is your final question. Mm-hmm. Are Christmas trees edible or poisonous? Well, it depends who you are. <laughs> I suppose if you're a squirrel, it might make a difference. I don't think you would really have great health if you, you know, nibbled on one. 
You're talking about Christmas trees. Yeah, it's Christmas trees. Christmas trees, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. You know, the, the evergreen type thingies, fir trees. Yes, yes. Walden? Well, I think it's probably edible for a male and for some animals it's poisonous. <laughs> it's it's edible for for whom? For men and females. That's what I thought you said. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just wanted to make sure, son. <laughs> yes, Christmas trees are edible. Pine cones um, are edible. The needles are good source of vitamin C. Well, so if that's if that's where we get our pine needle juice and our pine needle milk from, I I think it's good. We've only got fifteen more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is, that is not true. Okay, Dan. I'll let you go. I think I'll let you go so you won't run into yourself here because you're at the top of your charge. Well, no, we got eleven minutes, so that's okay. Yeah, we've, we're we're on our honor. When sneak out. we get on during the week, we're on our honor to finish at midnight. But you're you're going to go into a rerun of Saturday Night Show, aren't you? That's right. That way, people can hear what Patricia, what great wisdom Patricia had on Saturday night. <laughs> oh, wonderful! These poor people. So, okay, Dan. Well, I hope you feel better, and maybe we'll get to well, talk to you on Saturday, or maybe even Thursday. All right. Sounds great. You take, take care. Okay. Take care, Dan. Feel better. Okay. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. In fact, it will be Dave Kane. It will be our special record guest stuff in about what? 10 minutes on the Blue Network. What? Well, it's the Saturday replay on the Blue Network when? in 10 minutes. Really? Yep. Does that mean we can stay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering you've done your exercise, I have a feeling you probably want to pooped out, you know? Oh, I did. Oh, I worked my little bunnies off today. You were doing bunny stuff, huh? Oh, my goodness. I really did well. I'm I'm very pleased with me. Well, you know, I knew you had it in you, my dear. I just knew you could do it. Yeah, well, they thought so too, but now that's it for the rest of the year. <laughs> you're gonna take it you're gonna take some time off. No. I I will continue to go. But you know, sometimes you just have a good day. Yeah, I know. And today was one of those times. I had a good day. I mean I kicked up the treadmill and elevated, you know, I mean it was it was really good. And now I think I'm gonna die. <laughs> I have a question for you, Robert Hello there. Lewis. Mm-hmm. We got a caller. Oh, okay. Hello, caller. Oh. Is that you, Jerry? Yeah. How this are is you Jerry doing, from Jerry? Maryland. How are you? All right. Yeah. Just, uh. We have not heard from you forever, and this Saturday in my notes, I have. I am going to the northern part of the state for Christmas. New paragraph. I am taking with me the muffler that Elizabeth sent. <laughs> so happy I have that. It's going to be freezing up there. Yeah, I feel like that. It is. So how are you doing? Uh, we're all right. Hanging in here. Yeah, this is not a good time of the year for you, is it? Uh, first time, first year. Yeah. 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 I am just, I think about you and Elizabeth every once in a while and, um, uh, you know, I mean, I just just want you to know you're in my thoughts. There's not a heck of a lot I can say yeah. that would make it feel any better. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, like I said, something anyone can do. Yeah, how's the little guy? 
Yeah, he's moved, so I don't get to see him much. Mm. He's down in, uh, uh, living down in South Carolina now. Oh, no. Yeah, so. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Jerry, when did that happen? Oh, uh, right before, right before uh, Halloween, I guess, a couple months before that, a few weeks before that. Wow. We, uh, I picked him up there uh, at Halloween. I drove down, got him the day after Halloween, brought him back. Uh-huh. So, uh, Thanksgiving week, and then we're supposed to go back down, uh, you know, like uh, a day or so after Christmas and pick him up again. Uh-huh. How long will he be with you then? Uh, plan is this time he'll be with us to, uh, you know, probably about, probably close to two months. A few months. I am thinking you miss him a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. He was a big part of the life around here, you know, especially. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he just turned four. He's a. Uh, you know, oh wow. You know. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> this is scary. <laughs> four years old. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I won't ask anymore. <laughs> no, you volunteered that one. I didn't ask. I have sworn off asking people about ages of children. It just scares me. Yeah, you know, they grow up. I mean, just the years just click by, you know. Yeah. I know, I know. You know, I, I have these images in my head of the kids in kindergarten, and talk to a mom and say, "How how is little Jack doing?" And when you hear that he's graduating from West Point next year, you know, it's just it's just more than I can handle at times. Right. So what kind of weather are you having up there in Maryland, near the water, freezing cold stuff? Uh, it's been cold here some, and right now, the uh, next few days, we're supposed to have snow and rain and ice every day. No, no a few oh. Well, oh. Uh, did you grow turkeys this year? No, I didn't raise any. No. Do you have chickens still? Uh... Not really. I had to, after the fire last year, you know, the, the, that was, the chicken house was destroyed, and I set up a temporary place for them, and the foxes pretty much killed them off. So I think we've got two left out here now, and I don't have them penned up. I'm just letting them run free and putting food out for them. Yeah. Okay, uh, chicken run quite a bit, quite a bit, Jerry, if they're out running loose. What's that now? Can chicken run pretty pretty far? They don't go too far. Uh-huh. They forage for food. I mean, that's you know. Yeah. Uh, no, they're not. They don't don't really roam. You know. Uh, any more than they have to. They, sure. they You know. I don't think they ever go more than five hundred feet from the house here. You know. And like I said, it's just two I'd... of them. So I've, I've been feeding them right there off the porch and not worrying about it. Are they laying eggs for you? Uh, we're not finding them. I don't know where they're hiding them at. <laughs> and you don't have a, a local rooster who stops by every once in a while? No. You don't You don't really need a rooster to get eggs. So. Well, I, I know. <laughs> you need a rooster if you want chicks. Yeah. See, I've uh, passed that part of biology. Okay. <laughs> well, a lot of people think you have to have a rooster to get eggs, you know. So. No. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my goodness! I did not know that. No. So did no, they go? I, they didn't go to egg school one hundred and one. <laughs> go to egg school. That's funny. That's funny. No, 
only if you want chips. Well, Ralph in California, he lives in Northern California, and he got some chickens, and he named one of them Walden, and he named one of them Patricia. Oh, okay. And my eggs are bigger than Walden's eggs. (laughs) 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 And I just wondered if maybe you had some chicks we could compete with. (laughs) Well, if Jerry can't find them, it's going to be a hard competition here. No, that's true. That's true. And he knows for sure that both of them are girls. What, on mine? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I had one rooster when we had the fire, and uh, uh, he was one of the first ones that got killed because he tries to protect the the flock, you know. Mm. Oh, my gosh. I never would have thought about that. I didn't... Are roosters typically protective of their harem? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're, that's that's one reason to keep them around, even if you don't want uh, fertilized eggs. It's just, uh, uh, you know, because they'll, they'll watch out for the for the, the, for the girls, the rest of them while they're, while they're out. Yeah, I didn't know that. Morgan, did you know that? No, no, I yeah, didn't. They, they'll hurt them back in. If they see a hawk or something, uh, you know, they'll, they'll get them undercover and stuff. Yeah. So can a rooster somewhat fly? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was part of the problem. The uh, the temporary pen I put up for them. I, mm-hmm. I put up a uh, I had had a dog kennel. And I put a couple of dog. I put a couple of the panels of dog dog kennel together and made a nice big pen, six feet high. And but there was no roof on it. I just uh, covered part of it to, to give them some shade and and I put a little house in there for them. And uh, you know they just flew out of it. So <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it doesn't have a roof. That's a good. For them to do is to fly. Yeah, I, I figured they would stay in there because it was cold and, and windy, and there was nothing outside, yeah. and no no fresh nothing fresh growing for them. So I, I thought they would stay in there, but no, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. Yeah. So to get them back into the feed, I stuffed the door open, and you know it didn't yeah. take long for the foxes to find them. Now, if you're going to grow a turkey, I don't know how else raise a turkey, and you don't grow a turkey. If you're going to raise a turkey, when do you have to get I, raise a, a erase that erase that? If you're going to raise a turkey for Thanksgiving, how soon do you need a chick to do that with? Well, normally, normally it's 26 weeks. And, uh, that's a lot of weeks. That's a half a year. Yeah, six months from the time they hatch till you kill them. Not that long, you know. When do you, I don't know how to ask this. You can tell I've never had farm experience. How do you know when a turkey is ripe? Uh, what do you mean ripe? Well, meaning right, he has dinner. reached or she has reached the threshold, and after that the meat might not be as tender. Uh, you know, like everybody just goes by the by the calendar. Really, you just get on your feet for so long, and and really, what what like people that raise them to sell, uh, you know, they're they, they're raising they're shooting for particular size birds. Uh huh. So, so like, uh, you know, twenty pound is a is a pretty big bird, you know, to sell to to people. Uh, and a lot of people want you know twelve pounders or something. So. Uh huh. You know, Okay, okay, stand by, everybody. We're going to switch to the Blue Network, so stand by. We're going to be over there. That way we continue talking to Jerry, so stand by. Oh, okay. Yeah, so 
Don't hang up, Terry. I'm no expert on turkeys or anything. I'd say we just raised a few here for ourselves, you know, and I, I, I would raise them and give a couple away every year. So. And we're back on the boat. Okay. I, I think if you raise a turkey you, successfully, you have become an expert. Yeah. No, they're pretty easy. I mean, you just, uh, you know, you can just protect them just like the chickens, protect them from the predators and and make sure they have food and water and a clean place to live. They'll, they'll do all right, you know. Does a hen turkey lay eggs? Oh, sure, yeah. Well, like, never, like the chicken? When does she begin uh, to lay eggs? How many I, months into this? Yeah, I don't know. I've never kept them long, you know, to get eggs from them, so. Ah, so it's after six months. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, chickens. Yes, that's that's about. You know, they say six months. It can be, you know, it could be twenty weeks or something, but. Uh, mm-hmm. uh Twenty, twenty-two, twenty-four weeks, like that. But, you know, turkeys. I don't know. I've never, uh, like I said, I've never kept them long enough to uh, to, to see any eggs. You know. Yeah. I, I really don't know how long that takes. Uh, well, that, that'll be your homework assignment for next year. <laughs> <laughs> you have to you start were, early, so that means like uh, maybe May or June, June, July, August, September. No, no, it would have to be like April. What's that? Give you a good, give you a good run at it. Get a, a chick around Easter time, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, keep it until it starts laying eggs. Yeah, I have to research that. I've never done that. I think it probably would be easier if I just went to Wikipedia, huh? <laughs> probably. Everything's on Wikipedia. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> more accurate. Than, uh, oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. About, uh, I heard you talking about eating uh, Christmas trees. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's one thing for cattle. They say not, not let them eat any, any kind of evergreen tree. And what does it do to cattle? Oh, it can kill them, you know. Uh, wow. I, I had a friend that lost, now, U-bush, you know what they are, the Japanese U-bush? Yes, I, oh, well, yeah, sure. Yeah. It's almost as good as hemlock. Yeah, they, I mean, I have had a friend that lost lost the cattle to them. They got out and got into some U-berries. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, they they say not to, not to let them have any, uh, anything like that, you know, any evergreens. Hmm. Of a yew tree, I, I could understand. I mean, even even the leaves on those things look intimidating. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. I mean, they're very pretty to look at, but you know, they've, they've even got a texture and a scent yeah. Yeah, that of, is yeah, off footish. Yeah, uh, I say a lot of times kids will see them, little kids, and they'll see the pretty berries and think it's something they can eat. You know? Yes. Really have yes. to be careful if you have them around. Not a good thing. Yeah. Not a good thing. All right. Well, I've got some Christmas tree stuff, and I've got, well, let me see. Mm. Okay. All right. I, I have to, I've got all of this, these great tidbits, tidbits of information, and now I have to figure out how to put them into a question. Okay, Christmas clubs. Yes. Christmas clubs. We did Christmas clubs one year. When did the Christmas club, you know, the the thing that you have, the savings account type thing that you have at a bank and you made a weekly deposit, 
When did that start? I would have no idea. I'll just make a wild guess and say uh, uh, somewhere after the Depression. Somewhere during the Depression. Walden? I think Jerry's right. My first guess would be 1933. Well, I'm ashamed of you, Walden. We had this one last year. Well, maybe not. Actually, it was probably three years ago, so you're forgiven. 1905. Wow. I didn't think anything could, you know, I've just, 1905. How about that? I think we were having some money issues back in them days, so it must have been the thing to do. In 1905, yeah? Yeah, sometimes, you know, we had fluctuations because of the gold standards and stuff like that there. Okay. You know. All right. Well, let me find something else that's really exciting here. (laughs) When were electric Christmas lights first used? The year. Oh. I seem to remember that one. I don't know if I can lock in the deal. Let me think. What do you think, Sherry? Uh, again, um, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, when did the country really get wired? Yeah. <laughs> I think I wired in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to <laughs> Well, then that was a joke. It's the joke, son. You need to get that line down, Pat Patricia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna say 19. 19- John, President Johnson. That was one of the things he was known for was getting getting electric to West Texas. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's funny. He took, they had the 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 main the big power transmission lines, you know, running through there, but they didn't have any uh, any grid service. So he did it to help make sure that their business were gonna take off. Yeah, make sure he got elected. <laughs> Well, they had the radio station there, so I guess they needed power for that. How interesting is that? Hmm. Ni- okay. 1913. Jerry, you want to take a throw a dart at this? Uh, I'd say something later. I'd say in the, in the 20s. Later. 1895. Wow. Oh, 95, okay. 1895. My gosh. Um. Hundred and nineteen oh. years old. Hmm? Hundred and nineteen years ago. Hundred and nineteen years ago. Okay. There was a good shtick about Tinker Toys. The person who invented Tinker Toys, his name was Charles I hope I'm pronouncing the poor man's name correctly, Pajot, I believe. Um he he went to market with his invention and nobody bought it. And then he came up with a marketing idea. And it was a smash hit. What did he do? He gave away for free? No, I guess that would be kind of a smash, though. Oh. <laughs> uh, I guess. He hired, and I, this can only happen in 1914, he hired several midgets, dressed them in elf costumes, put them in a store window at Christmas in Chicago, and the next year, there had been more than a million sets of Tinker Toys sold. Wow. It was just something that had to be demonstrated. People wow. couldn't make the connection, but, you know, you couldn't put big people in a store window, so he got little people. Pretty good investment. I th- yeah, that really smart man. Smart man to have invented Tinker Toys, and we didn't. Yeah. Um, so, 
Well, are we finishing up? Might as well. I think we are. Jerry, we borrowed time on the other network. (laughs) (laughs) We did really well. I am just so happy to hear from you because we've been thinking about you, and as I said, you've been in my thoughts as well. So your mission is to give Elizabeth a hug for us. I'll do it. You can do that. I said she'll still be happy. You're you're still getting used to that. Oh, my gosh, yes. Please tell her it's the first thing in the suitcase. She's taking it with her to Alabama here in a week or so, so she ain't living without it. No way. I am just so happy that it's here. All right. Well, you all have a good night. You too, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry, and thanks for calling. All right. Bye-bye. All right, everybody, we're going to check it back to the automation system. We're on the Blue Network, we switched over. I just didn't want to make that so magical. Sure. You can do these things. Oh, it's it called playing with my buttons. <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I know what buttons are. Oh, my gosh. We have so much fun. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Sometimes I wonder if other people have as much fun as we do. Well, people like when we get laughing. I think that's definitely a highlight when we get giggling because we, we, we enjoy our we company, do. and we whatever let, it is, we do it. Yeah, and we let everybody in on our, on our having a good time. Partly because I think we don't take ourselves too seriously, you know. We don't. There aren't a whole lot of things that we take very seriously. No. We can be very serious people. You know? Yeah, we, we, we can be... a lot be, of things that just didn't matter that we worried about yeah, during life. We're very serious people. We care about things and everything, but, you know... Sure. Sure. But we're I mean, it's selective. It. Yeah. I, I yeah. can't do anything about my feet being cold. You <laughs> 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 know? I know. You, you just... You can't... What what is the expression? Don't sweat the small stuff. That's right. And and that's a good and that's what and let the big stuff take care of itself. Exactly. Yeah. The big stuff. So we just kind of cruise and have a good time with each other. Oh yeah. And that's good stuff. Boo boo. So, you want to say good night? Are we saying good night? Yeah. We we'll say good night. Good night. Say good night, Gracie. <laughs> good night, everybody. Good night, Walden. Good night, Patricia. We'll talk to everybody Thursday, Lord willing. On yesterday, USA. Okay. I can hang up? Yep. And I'll call you back in a bit. I'm going to save everything. Okay. All right. JAWS for Windows is ready. Sound, enter.